When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I thought your big old asterisk was going to be they would be getting more depth scoring if Nick Ritchie was still on. <laughs> well, I, I, look, I, you can only have so much big beef on one lineup. Welcome to episode two of season four of the Bruins and Bruins podcast, the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards and Pride Diehards, uh, sponsored by DraftKings and soon to be Miller Lite. Um, I'm Chris Gear. I'm here with Cam Hasbrook, Drew Johnson, and at some point, Kat Silverman. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. I'm happy you brought a beer because I got to run to dinner like right after this with the girlfriend's fam. So I decided to to take a no beer podcast today. And I was worried we were just going to become the and Bruins podcast, which would have been a lot less exciting. So I'm glad somebody filled, filled the, the slot there. No, we got two beers here. We're good to go. There you go. One for each of us. <laughs> um, I myself have a Drew here. Hello. I have a Canada Dry. I've reviewed this on the pod before. Favorite soda, drinkability, 37, tasteability, 37. That's a double 37, folks. If it wasn't clear. (laughs) Miller Lite. You know what it is, black and yellow, black and yellow. All right, so Bruins. Bruins. Uh, Kat also has a Miller Lite when she gets here. Um, nice. I have a goalie question. <laughs> All right, perfect. We'll we'll save those. Um, yeah. So what? Bruins now three and one. Three and um, one. Yeah. Three all, one and oh. All being decided in regulation. Um, you know, for me, felt like uh, team looking real good with missing some of its biggest pieces in the first three games, and then backside of a back to back you kind of expect maybe like a little bit, you know, especially early in the season, some tired legs, not really ready to go get them on the road uh, in a back-to-back. And, you know, I I don't know if I was proven right or proven wrong here. Uh, got down real early, uh, down 3 nothing. Uh, obviously, we're talking about the Senators game here. Um, then came back. Roaring back with three unanswered goals across two periods, or uh, like 
between the end of the first period and beginning of the second period. Um, then immediately gave up three more goals. Uh, then kind of mildly whimpering back, not not roaring back as much as before, but they got it as close as six to five. And then I believe eventually lost seven to five. Um, I, I think that's, that's not necessarily what you're expecting on the back end of a back-to-back, but I, I mean, maybe some sloppy hockey is what you're expecting. Um, but, you know, being mentally strong and enough to hang in there for two three goal deficits. Uh, I, I guess that's the positive that I'll take away from it. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I think so. Uh, early apologies. If you can hear my neighbor's leaf blowing by the way. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's the takeaway for me. I think second game uh, on a back to back and a three and four as well. So probably some tired legs they were traveling to. Um, the thing that stood out to me was kind of just the fight they showed in general, but I think especially on the four check and, you know, going down three, nothing, it can be easy to try to just like, all right, let's stop giving up goals. This is embarrassing, but you know, we're not going to do too much beyond that, but uh, you know, they kept really trying to fight for turnovers and, and creating something offensively, which has been kind of the hallmark of this team so far is, is the ability to kind of put the, the foot on the gas, which I think was missing a little bit last season. And um, I guess it was kind of heartening to see that, even with maybe some tired road legs early in the season, traveling, all that stuff, they were still able to be pretty effective on the forecheck. Now they definitely left something a little bit to be desired uh, on the defensive side of the ice. So you'd like to see that step up, but um, at least for me, as far as sustainability and the changes we've seen with Montgomery system so far, I think it was promising to see under pretty tough circumstances yesterday against a quick Ottawa team that they were still able to kind of assert and, and play their game a little bit, at least on the, on the, you know, offensive side of the puck. Yeah. I definitely think you saw the effects of that uh, back to back on the, in the, in the third period, um, especially when they went down uh, another goal. Uh, what was that? Zub. I love that name. Zub. Um, yeah. So it, 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 you could see it in their faces when they zoomed in and stuff. It was, uh, um, but it, it's good to see how they could rebound, but the defense was bad. And I'm not just talking about the six guys that play defense. I'm talking about it like as a team, um, just way too many opportunities. And Swayman doesn't have a great game, um, it, which leads me to Cat is now here. And I have a question for you, Cat, a goaltending question. Oh, boy. Um, so, you know, uh, Montgomery decided to keep Swayman in for a pretty long time. Um and I feel like Swayman, in what I've seen, and I've read articles about this too, he just kind of has like a goldfish memory in terms of forgetting about the forgetting about the goal that just happened and just focusing on the next play. But when you see it happen like over and over again, do you think like it eventually just kind of got to him mentally? Or how does a goalie kind of process that when they're being let in for, what was it, six goals in total? Yeah. Um, that's kind of hard. Um, I think for, for starters, uh, I think he does have a goldfish memory. Um, from what I've heard by all accounts, he doesn't really let one bad goal just like derail him. Um, I do think that sometimes it kind of gets to them a little bit, but, uh, I mean, that's, I didn't think that was necessarily the wrong call there. That's one of those games where essentially the coach has to kind of, kind of determine whether 
swapping him out is going to change the momentum of the game. Uh, or if it just seems like, like a couple of them were just weird leaky goals that they happen. And it was the second game of a back-to-back. The Bruins have played, what, four games already. There are some teams that have only played one or two. Um, and so the team's going to have a few sloppy games. Was it worth putting Olmark in for potentially an unsalvageable game where the team looked kind of disjointed in front of him anyway and potentially, you know, have him? Because he does have, I would say, less of a goldfish memory than Swayman does. So if he lets in a bad goal as soon as he gets put into the game, then you have to decide, okay, do I keep this guy in and have him play two of two in two nights, uh, one of which he's going to do very poorly in? Or do I pull him and put Swayman back in, which I have yet to see a game where a coach has done that, where I've agreed with it. Um, We've seen it happen, I'd say, three or four times, and every time it's wrong. So I don't know. I... I thought it was kind of weird if they didn't pull him after the second, like, rapid, like, if they didn't switch out at the first intermission for Olmark, I think at that point you just, you leave Swayman in unless he looks like he is actively floundering, and he didn't. He just let in, like, a series of bad goals and then kind of tightened it up, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on your side there, plus... For me, Olmark isn't the like steadying presence you bring in. No. <laughs> he's he's more like chaos. If you, yeah, I don't, I don't know what type of game where I'd be like, yeah, get Olmark in there. We need some fire back there. I think like maybe a playoff type game, not game four of the season against the Ottawa Senators. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think Olmark would have done necessarily any better with the way that that defensive court was playing. Yeah, I think especially with a new coach, too, that's that's a point to be made there about, like, just, I don't know, yanking the rug under him, even if he's having a, a rough game on his, you know, second start might be a little tough, and I'm sure they, you know, the relationship they would have is fine, but um, I think just kind of showing with them, and, and especially for a player as young as Swayman, giving that extra little boat of confidence, even if, if he's not necessarily playing well. And um, the other thing I think is just kind of immediately after you go down three to nothing, I think if I'm Montgomery, obviously you want your team to fight back and you're always playing to win. But realistically, third game in four nights, second end of a back-to-back traveling, you're not really thinking probably that all oh, this team, you know, we're going to come back and be right back in this. It ended up happening, but and you know that that circumstance kind of changes things. But I think in that case, if if you're thinking, all right, we're probably going to lose this. It's three nothing in the first period. Maybe leave him in there to just kind of get his sea legs a little bit here. Um, and then obviously that the circumstances changed when they, when they stormed back. So that kind of made it for an interesting discussion, but, um, I was, I was fine with how they, they handled it. I've, I've seen coaches handle it worse. Uh, I, I do think that's a good point that it's game four of the season. Um, and that's, I think if you pull Swayman, that creates whether, fabricated by fans or not that creates that uh well does that mean that Olmark is our clear consensus number one they pulled Swayman without giving him a chance to get back into the game I think both goalies are going to have at least one game to start the season where they look like absolute garbage 
it just, it happens. And that was Swayman's. I think if he does it again, if he has another game where he starts and he lets in like two or three sloppy goals in the first 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. You pull him and you, you reevaluate what that split of starts looks like, but it's, that was a game that was, I think, going to be messy from the start. I would have been more shocked if they had done incredibly well in it. And I would have been really shocked if they'd brought Olmark in and he played really well. Uh, Cause I can think of maybe a small handful of goalies who can play two nights in a row and do well with it. Most of them do kind of what Mike Smith does, which is where they play two in a row. And the second one, they look like an absolute disaster. So I found like just how crazy it was. The amount of uh, what you thought were goals. There was the goaltender interference, the Brady Kachuk. I was for sure that one went in when I watched it on TV, but it rang off the post. Um, and just stuff like that. It, it went both ways. It was just, just <laughs> it made it so entertaining, but so awful to be a Bruins fan during that. Uh, I wish I was just a hockey fan of another team for that game and just watch it. You mean like the uh, Senators Maple Leafs game from a couple years ago? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as far as Montgomery goes, uh, there are other adjustments you can make um, aside from swapping out the goalies when things aren't going well. And I I mean, he switched up the lines a little bit Um, to quote Isabel. I do not watch the hockey games. So So check out some basketball NBA fans. The wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Feel the sweat like never before. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today with payouts bigger than ever. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, B as in butterfly. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. The good news is on that front, Marchand seems to be skating, uh, according to our our pals, uh, Matt Porter and Connor Ryan. Like he seems to be skating really well, and um, I mean that's that's going to be an instant boost for any lineup, but especially someone who has that much chemistry with Patrice Bergeron. Um, pretty pretty crazy to see a team kind of fire on all cylinders for three games like that without. Maybe your best winger. I think Pasternak's probably usurping him at this point. But um, yeah, by the way, absolutely sick goal by Pasternak two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just bonkers stuff there. That's uh, I, you can count on one hand how many guys in the league can do that. Um, one more thing I want to hit here 
is depth scoring because that's been like the the name of the game for the Bruins Achilles tendon for the past couple seasons. And so far it's been the opposite of that. It's been a, a major strong suit for this team. The big old asterisk were four games into the season, but Nick Foligno has already, I think, reached his goal total from last year. Yeah. So, um, I thought I your think, big old asterisk was going to be they would be getting more depth scoring if Nick Ritchie was still on. The <laughs> well, I, I, look, I, you can only have so much big beef on one lineup, and uh, he's on pace for forty-eight this season. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's killing it. The funny thing is, I tweeted. Uh, a couple nights ago when Felino scored Felino scored one of his goals uh that Felino already has more goals than he had last season as a joke and then wrote probably underneath it and then the <laughs> next night he goes out and equals his and actually goal <laughs> yeah, um, pretty insane stuff there um but yeah do you guys see that as something that's sustainable or do you think that's I, a new coach boost or what do you a little bit of both how I do you think, feel about that I think it feels like it could be sustainable this year um, just because you see all that contribution. You need to expect that it, it from these depth guys, it's not going to be super consistent, but you know, the fourth line has a, or the third line has a bad night and the fourth line chips in like an important goal or something like if it, because for the last years, it just feels like the depth wasn't there at all, like almost all season. But if you can get it in stages from these bottom two lines and in Montgomery activating the D more, you're going to see more uh, defensive offensive production, hopefully, especially when you see McAvoy come in. And it's just um, so I see it as sustainable. But yes, the asterisks of uh, four games in. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I, I both don't want to put too much stock into small sample size stuff that's already, already happened and too much stock into small sample analytics but so far the analytics are not good on the bruins bottom six like their goals for is way higher than their expected goals for means they're not really taking a lot of shots close to the net or you know high danger opportunities they're getting kind of caved in um so i don't know i it's probably some of the truth is probably somewhere in between um hoping it's kind of what you were saying drew where you're not going to get consistency out of them, but you hope that it's kind of a rotating inconsistency between not just the bottom two lines, but maybe the players on those lines where it balances out and you're getting, you know, a goal, a couple goals. A plus one. Yeah, you want that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I, I think I agree that the truth probably does lie somewhere in between, and I think that's still an improvement over the last couple of seasons, most likely. <laughs> Uh, with all due respect to previous teams and uh, more shouts as always to the erection line, which may be forever broken. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Well, uh, one, one thing I did want to note is that eye test wise, uh, Charlie Coyle is passing. I think uh, looks a lot better with the puck than he did last year. Um, just, just seems more dangerous. You know, I, I like, I like when a guy can hold on to the puck without, you know, giving it to the other team all the time. David Krejci. <laughs> Upon this uh, rock, uh, I, I, I do need to address 
uh, Jake DeBrusque, birthday boy, and his and his goals, <laughs> namely because I drafted him in the eleventh round of our fantasy draft. <laughs> I subsequent subsequently dropped him for uh, you. Accidentally yeah. drafted him, right? I just want to make yeah, that he was in my queue. <laughs> you panic drafted him. Yeah, I okay. Planned, this wasn't a calculated on, decision. No, I planned on drafting him, like seeing how far he could fall. Uh, definitely not eleventh round. So I dropped him for Raquel, and then Jake DeBrusque has that night the other night, and has me believing. Uh, so I picked him back up for Raquel <laughs> nine days after dropping him. Um, but good to see that. And that's kind of part of that, that depth because DeBrusque, I feel like is going to be bouncing around, especially after injuries, but Hey, maybe if they keep past on that second line, then, then you see DeBrusque with some extended time. And that's something I want, I'm interested in seeing from Montgomery too, is Cassidy always bouncing around. And of course they did last night, but, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Four games. Four games. Asterisk. Asterisk. Asterisk? How do you say it? That's the one. You got it. Good job, man. You nailed it. Just absolutely killing it out there. Yeah, um, anybody got the schedule for upcoming games up? The Boston Bruins return to action on tomorrow, tomorrow Thursday, which is probably... So- today as of the release of this uh yeah i'm I'm gonna i can edit this uh tomorrow for sure thursday saturday and then tuesday are the next three we got the ducks the wilds and the stars ducks should be an interesting one to watch that's uh i know that's way out west for the majority of our listeners but that's been a fascinating team to kind of keep up with um they are absolutely floundering last time i checked not as badly as the vancouver canucks who are the first team in nhl history to blow multi-goal leads and lose their first three consecutive games of the season so good for them um i love the leafs but no 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 that was a that was a canucks Oh, the Canucks. Yes, the see. Leafs are doing other fun things. Um, they're 2-2-0 two, two, two and oh after uh, losing yet another game to the Arizona Coyotes. They have now gone 20 years without beating the Coyotes in regulation at home. They should hang a banner for that. Which is yeah. incredible. Um, no, the Ducks are currently, when I look, do-do-do. They are one three and zero. Oh. Um, they are behind the Arizona Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks in the standings. They're only ahead of three winless teams in the West: uh, Vancouver, Minnesota, and San Jose, who are o five and zero. Oh. So that's a fun one to watch. Um, but yeah, I kind of want to see because I I feel like the Ducks were supposed to take a step forward, um, and I feel like that's a team that. Uh, as a coach on the block. Um, <laughs> so we might see some, they feel like teams that are desperate this early in the season start doing some real weird stuff. Um, you know who likes doing weird stuff? Trevor Zegers. I was worried about where that was going. So I, <laughs> the, the face he made at me was not what I was expecting. Um, yeah. That's a team that should be doing better than they are. And they're absolutely tanking um 
but yeah, I'm excited to watch that game just to just to see what happens. Um, I have both Bruins goalies on my fantasy team, and so far neither of them have done much of anything for me. So to be fair, you have most goalies on your fantasy team. So I have all of the goalies. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Minnesota Wild, good team. Got Boring a team. potential MVP oh, candidate team. in Kirill Kaprizov. Um, that'll be fun to see if the Bruins defense can do anything about him. Um, then who is the third team? Uh, Dallas is next Tuesday. Dallas. Uh, I believe they're one of the final. They've got another. They're one of the only teams that hasn't lost a game yet. So they've got, they've got another, maybe, maybe Rocket Richard, maybe future heart guy and Jason Robertson and, uh, yeah. I love watching him just absolutely crush it. He's good. He's been fun. He's real fun. Hopefully I like watching fun, fun players. So on next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see Mikey Riley shut him down. Yeah. How, how many of those are home in a way? Fucking. Um, you guys have put me to the test today. I think they're all at yeah, home. I think it's a, oh, it's a four game homestand coming. Oh, yeah, shit. usually okay. Five usually points, whenever five points. Whenever the Bruins play the Ducks, that's going to be on like a West Coast swing um yeah it's not at home so yeah i would like to add after i said that the ducks are floundering um so are the minnesota wild they are one of those three winless teams in the west they're oh three and oh right now with a minus eight goal differential so far um yeah i would caution not to read too much not the team's records after four games obviously it's a small sample size but uh one of the things that hasn't been going super well for them is a mark andre flurry they let Cam Talbot walk, and um, I believe Mark Andre Fleury is sort of under eight hundred save percentage. Yeah, right he now. has a seven seventy six. Yeah, he's been <laughs> he's been dropped for the Linus Mark in my other fantasy leagues. So. <laughs> that is yeah. stinky. Yeah, not great. I think we think not great during the draft. Hefty, he's, hefty, he's, hefty. he's the oldest goalie in the league outside of Craig Anderson, um, and it's it's showing. I think he'll probably level it out from there, but that's a that's a team that had Cam Talbot and Capo uh, Kakinen. Um, and now they have Marc-Andre Fleury. And I forget who they have as their backup, but somebody that they acquired. Um, I believe in the Cam Talbot swap, they picked up someone from Ottawa. And uh, I don't know. I don't have a ton of faith in that for them, but. Godspeed. So weird things have occurred in hockey. Chris, what's the tagline? Hockey is weird. Yes. That's the one. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, maybe later this week we have the obligation <laughs> to do two episodes. Yeah, I think we're supposed to do two. Oh, no, 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 no,